Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Yeah. So, so Luca Nation, um, a ton of you guys have asked us this question. You know, you've had Carvin Chung on the show before. What is going on? You know, what, what, what is this beautiful product that he's creating? Even in our Discord yesterday, somebody uh, sent the link uh, for Fast Company, which congratulations, Carvin, to be on such a prestigious magazine. It says sports card pioneer Carvin Chung is reimagining NFTs. And people want to know. We want to know. Our community wants to know. So I'm not going to bore you guys with a long intro because we've had Carvin on twice. We had him on for the 10 for 10 series. If you want to hear about uh, his, his roots in the hobby, creating one of the most beautiful products in uh, Upper Deck Exquisite, and all of the amazing things that he's done uh, before this point. So you guys can go back and listen to that episode back in August. But today I want to talk about present day and some of the cool initiatives that you're undertaking to uh, bring sports cards to the entertainment space, which it's not this amazingly novel idea. Others have tried it a little bit, but we haven't seen it in a long time. So maybe we'll kick off there, Carvin. First of all, thank you for coming back on the show. We wish you nothing but success. Give people out there that have seen the headlines, but they don't know the behind the scenes of what's happened. Talk to us about you know, the last month in Carvin Chung's land. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on again. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure always. Um, yeah, it was interesting. The day before Halloween, um, we had a meeting and it was with some music people. And they were looking at, you know, I, I presented the deck, you know, just, just, you know, an opportunity to work with uh, one of the biggest names in music called Billboard. And uh, I met with them and, and did a presentation. Uh, as of late, there's been a lot of relationship building and, and someone said, hey, you know, I know some people at Billboard. They would love to get into the train cards and they'd love to talk to you with your background. And so we, we presented um, a whole deck and it was kind of interesting because everyone's like, okay, all right. Well, we did some comps of some artist cards and how they would look like. And they definitely love the cards. Um, in fact, some of the artists have seen the cards and they're like, wow, they're blown away. And, you know, I, I didn't think it was anything like, like new or innovative or creative. It was just some stuff that, you know, we just put together, you know, um, after after a little bit of you know deliberation with uh, one of the graphic designers that I know, uh, card designers, right? So they love the cards, and then right after that, um, Billboard said, "Hey, you know, we have this huge announcement that the song was going to break the all-time record, and what if we present this artist with an opportunity to do a trading card?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course. Why, why wouldn't we do it? The number one song, right?" And it just so happens it's the Weekend, who's also from the Six, which is you know. Um, my hometown, Toronto, I mean, you know, so our roots go back, even though they're a lot younger than I am, but, uh, I know the area that they grew up in and everything. So definitely it made sense to do it. So from Halloween, like the, the approval finally got approved after Halloween until today. Um, so we already have the cards in hand. Well, not all of them. We have some cards and had some samples and I'll just show it to you. The company is called the infinite, the infinite. So, oh, it's, uh. You can't really see it too well there, the glare. But yeah, so there's two passes of foil. There's like the gold foil down here. There's 
what we call rainbow or holographic foil. Hold on, let me just get it's always Listen, the way you look. You got you got a reflection of my big head in there. It makes the card look yeah. Pain yeah. <laughs> let me let me take let me take the the glare off. There you go. Love it. And it's That's it's cool. a it's a it's a tribute to the song "Blinding Lights," which broke the uh, Billboard Hot 100 record. Sing it, Andrew. And, <laughs> so. Yeah, that, I'm just pulling it Come on. <laughs> so, Not so, but more? the thing is that the, the cards in hand look a lot nicer like, when you when you look at them. So, um, maybe you know. There you go. Oh, that's cool. I love the beautiful. Foil. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we want to take artwork and you know to to the card game that we're talking about, like you know, re envision what we want to present, blinding lights and in, in card format. And there's a lot of iconic images in in the videos, and it's an iconic song. So, believe it or not, you know, it broke a 60 year old record, right? I uh, said, <laughs> so 60 year old record. The carving. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Beatles, 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 Elvis Presley, U two, you know, uh, even Madonna. None of these guys broke this record for um, it's, it's ninety weeks on the top one hundred or uh, hot one hundred, and the last person or the record it broke was Chubby Checkers' The Twist. That's how far back it goes. Wow. So this is a monumental record, right? The, um, the weekend was featured on the cover of Billboard and everything uh, after this achievement. So. Uh, an opportunity to work with the the weekend is just man, we're grateful enough. Like just to be able to, you know, listen, he gets to do work a card. with you, Carvin. You know, yeah, when I told people in, in our chat that Carvin was coming on, the first comment I got back was, "Isn't that the dude who owns Clubhouse?" <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I'm hardly ever on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta love it. I'm curious. Why don't? Why have like you you said it and it, it was like this aha moment? Why doesn't entertainment get into cards? Why haven't they been into cards? So a lot of times it's it's because there's no governing body for entertainment. It's like um, even back in the time when I had to work on golf, it's extremely difficult because you have two golfers, one that we all know is the best golfer, and the other one is the second best golfer. Well, the second best golfer doesn't want to be paid a lot less than the top golfer, right? Um, same thing happens in NASCAR. Uh, so there, when there's no governing body to to deal with it, no unionized uh, aspect of it, it's extremely difficult. You got to acquire the rights of every individual, right? A lot of the contracts that they sign do not include the image rights for the use by uh, the governing body across all platforms, right? Um, they don't want to. A lot of these leagues don't want to restrict their opportunities, right? So when you look at, like, for example, uh, AEW, for example, right? I don't think AEW controls what they want to do outside of it. They want to fight for another league and come back to AEW. They, they do that. So that freedom gives the ability for them to maximize their opportunities. And and unfortunately, in the entertainment world, it's not like, you know, yeah, we have labels, we have agents and all that. But when, when we're talking about labels and agents, usually they represent an artist or multiple artists, right? And they got to look after their best interest. So uh, I remember trying to do a set a long time ago and not necessarily music, but even in the entertainment world, like, you know, um, TV shows or movies. And there was a, there was a whole TV show and there's a term called MFN, right? For most, the most common person, it's called most favorite nation, right? And, you know, obviously 
in trade and all that, they always say, oh, MFN, China's MFN, you know, for a long time with the U.S. So most favorite nation, as in these are the people we want to trade most most. Well, MFN in, in, a, in the sports card or entertainment world, in the train card world, means I'm, I'm the highest paid entertainer, right? So our highest paid celebrity, whatever, and on this, in the set, most which means yeah, most favorite nation. So, so what happens is that in this set, whoever gets the most money, I get $1 more. When you have five of these people saying we all deserve MFNs, how do you operate that way? You just can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. That's so interesting, Carbon. It's something to think about. We actually were just talking about boxing yesterday. And you know, without thing. having the centralized thing, that's why Billboard was a cool, a cool partner for this, because while they're not a governing body per se, they're at least a name in the industry where, you know, they are, mm-hmm. you know, again, not a governing, but they, you know, they track songs, they track, you know, plays, they, you know, they, they mm-hmm. rank stuff. Um and your, your point about AEW is interesting, too. And we're talking about boxing. You'd have to sign individual boxers. How would you ever have right. like a licensed boxing product? No one's right. no one's there to license it unless you went like WBC. UFC is an interesting one because their fighters are independent contractors. But at least the UFC owns their, I think, through the contract, their likeness yes. and that sort of stuff. Entertainment's, yeah. entertainment's different, man. I mean, that's you're right. It's, yeah. it, there's no centralized body of it. That's hard. Well, you, UFC did... Um, so if you're if you were uh, grandfathered in initially, mm-hmm. they did not own your image rights. That's so right. you were allowed to use it for a long. So that's why you see like some of the goats like George St. Pierre or Matt Hughes. They have cards by different companies. Yeah, Don. But uh, but yeah. So but after a while, what happened was that I think UFC figured this out. Like, hey, our name is only worth so much if we don't control the likeness of the fighters. So now at that point, they started including in the contract that you give up the right of your image and everything for for these you know following classes of goods so moving on like about 10 years ago they restructured all the contracts and if you wanted to be in the UFC, you would have to include those rights so, so you know real quick i just want to pause because uh if people are out there and want to go support right so the product is beautiful if people want to go support where can they go and buy so the the packs are available on the weekend's website uh, and there's a limited amount of packs it is a hundred dollars for a one card pack, but um, just to show you, you know, where did I put it? Oh, my pack. All right. So these are what the packs look like, right? That's an individual pack. All right. This is what you get for a hundred dollars. And I, I, I stress that when people open packs, they, they just worry about the hits and the autographs and, and the mem or the parallels or low numbered cards. Our whole idea was not to, to build a product like base like that. Our whole idea is to build a product that's more of experience. So the box itself is extremely nice to look at right uh and it's on the website yeah it's it's shop dot the weekend of course the weekend doesn't have the e before the nd so it's just uh knd.com and that's exactly the website that you're on right now andrew so so here's here's um well it doesn't all numbered out of 100 I mean, uh, right low full screen because no the pack but no. it's carbon i mean you make a product like exquisite and you, we've talked to you about that where it's like the box right. is even is even awesome looking and, and these things look great right. like you're making the product even though it's one part you're making the product overall look like artwork i mean it's pretty awesome well that's it's it, it is the experience right so i don't want to just make a, a, a bland and vanilla so that's the back of the pack over here would be a tamper proof sealed so if you lift it they'll say void on there Right. So let me give you what the pack experience looks like. Please. Now I, okay. So once you open it up, right, there's also an info card. In there. Uh, hold on. I just got to figure out. I'm working backwards here. So you're doing great. Right? Wow. One on one auto. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so this is an info card about the editorial of the weekend's uh, hit, Blinding Lights. And it also has an facsimile auto of Abel. Uh, just, you know, just for a lot, of people, a lot of people don't know that he doesn't sign much. If you go on eBay, you don't even see his autograph much, uh, especially authenticated. Uh, I don't even think I found one in the completed auctions or in the current auctions. So, all right. So the back of the card has, you know, the images of all the cards, just so people know what is in there. So once again, it's $100. You get it in a one-touch. With a one-touch, we'll have a sticker on here. They'll say a billboard and a gold sticker, gold foil sticker. Okay, just like, you know, when you buy cards in a one-touch, it's sealed, right? But the good thing about this, so let's say, for example, if you're a breaker, online breaker, We've already just opened everything and you don't have to do anything to cover up the card or whatever. So the idea is that, you know, people can use this header card, this info card as the slow roll and you can slow roll it and then you get your weekend card. Now you talk about autograph. Clean. This is the autograph. This is the autograph 101, but it's not autograph yet. So this is a sample. Uh, this is this will be the grail card once. And I don't I don't have this card. I just got samples of the cards to to really show people what the cards look like. So just to take it out of the holder, see, there you go. A lot of I know it's gonna sound crazy, but I, I get the I get Marvel PMG bots on it a little bit. I know it's gonna sound a lot a little bit crazy to people, <laughs> but like there, athlete, there is athlete yeah. cards are one thing. You know, I think these entertainers they fall into that category, maybe a little more superhero esque, especially the weekend. Well, this is this is what I will say. I mean, look at the technologies and train cards are all out there. Uh, there's nothing like like. Uh, different in terms of technology. We're not trying anything new and like that. It's just the, the way that we're designing the cards and what we add on to it to accentuate the, the subject, right? And what I, what I will say is that it, what's interesting is a lot of people say, oh, these cards look like Flare Showcase. These people look, or have been saying it looks like PMGs, or you just said it looks yeah. like PMGs. But when we design cards- Flare is a good one. Yeah, so when we design cards, but we don't look at a card and say, I want to design like that. We take the whole idea of the artist, we take the idea of blinding lights, what it's all about, and really build a brand extension of them. Like there's 50,000 card designs out there. Something's gonna look like, oh, that was the mo uh, inspiration for this card. It isn't, right? More inspiration is the video, uh, who who the weekend is. You know, like these other artists that we're talking about, like we did some some designs from some other artists and we're like, okay, this is an iconic album. I want the cards to look like that album. But if you start looking at the, all the cards that have been out there, there's going to be something that kind of like, oh, it looks a kind like that. We don't we don't pick designs out of cards. We pick designs based on like if you wanted a an Andrew Goldberg card, I would say, what what is what would Andrew be proud to have his card look like, right? And that's what we would want to think about it that way. We want you guys to be have a badge of honor that says this is my card, like you know, wow. for the weekend to say like, oh, this is my card, like. Can anyone top that? That's that's what we want. We want the ability for you to flex your card on someone else or to carry it as status. And that's that's the one thing that how we build our card sets versus, oh, this is because we have nothing to go on. There's no infinite cards in the past. There hasn't been a design that we utilized, right? right. And there's uh, an artist that we probably are very close to a contract. And and if, if they said yes, the art is completely different because this style of card doesn't even fit that person's image. Two things. First of all, I want an Andrew Goldberg card. I want a Cage Lawyer card. I, you got my wheel spinning of what I want it to look like. For, for some reason, right. yellow and green are the colors that came to my mind. Yellow and green. Okay. okay. I don't know why. 
But but maybe cage, it should be a tiger print on the outside. I don't know. I'm not an artist. Carvin's an artist. I'm glad we're friends. Second like the thing, Packers is, guys, colors? No, not the Packers colors. <laughs> but um, if you guys have bought one of these or you're going to buy after listening to the show, uh, please tag us in your story and tag Carvin. We're going to uh, pick a few of you guys that have purchased and do some giveaways. Okay. So if you bought the card, just take a screenshot of, you know, the purchase order, whatever it is, uh, tag us, post on your story, tag Carbon, and we're going to do some giveaways. I have some fun stuff that I want to give to people. You know, it might be some Lucas Tigers on a piece. We might do some other stuff. Tag us. Andrew might call you and sing a couple of verses of the song because he's being shy, but we're not ending this episode without one of you guys singing. Maybe it's one of them happen. will FaceTime with the weekend. Maybe we could put a few pieces, uh, a, you yeah, know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm or not they any might problems. be able to, they could FaceTime with you on a weekend. That's probably more likely. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, bro, you're crazy. I like well, listen, you. Carvin, the fun thing is, from what you say, just to pick up on it, I mean, if there's one person in the world, in our industry, in our, you know, in our hobby, who would never be accused of making non-original card work, it's you. I mean, you know, everything's going to look like something in somebody's eyes. And, you know, you show yeah. that card to 10 people, then you're going to get 10 different names. Look, you probably didn't think of Marvel PFG when you were making it, right? But that's, you know, <laughs> no, no. I think it was more just entertainment vibe kind of thing is what he was saying. Yeah. So. Okay. It, it's, it's, it's great to debate. And it's always fun to have that dialogue, right? And, you know, I have no shortage of people coming in. Oh, I want you to make a card like this or like that. Well, it's, you know, once again, I can think of the technology and we can utilize it. But some of the technologies aren't even available. Some of these companies are out of business that are printing companies. And to be honest, also the main printing companies, they're overwhelmed right now, printing sports cards and, and trading card games. So there's a lot of challenges even in today's like you know hype time of, of the trading card world to, to even find a printer that can work with this. This is not going through a traditional printer, these, these cards. So... You know, unfortunately, I'm going to have to find a team to help, you know, finish everything, too. So it, it's it's definitely difficult. Everything's costing more. Paper is like four to five X and finding paper. It's incredible. Like, I never thought that a printing company would ask me for money up upfront money to purchase paper because they have to pay immediately. There's no one's getting terms now. So those those are things that I never anticipated. And when I first forecast the cost of this, it was a lot lower than it's actually coming in at. So. You know, everything, like even this top loader is hard to find if you want to get a top loader, right? Or the one touches. These are things that are, are real are real world uh, challenges that we face uh, in the train card. Andrew's got a stockpile of papers. Andrew, I'll lend him some papers. Okay. All right. The <laughs> little liberals. Hit up my friend uh, Mo Myers on the cannabis account, man. He, he, he'll hook you up. No, but uh, <laughs> I know who Mo is. <laughs> Mo's good peeps. Um, yeah, I know. And just back to the PMG thing. So, like, for, for an artist, artists are always going to say that their stuff is unique and original. That's what makes artists amazing, right? Mm-hmm. As a consumer, I'm an idiot. I need to I need to compare back to everything in my head. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the blend. But I'm curious, Carvin, where does the NFT part come in, right? So, if you go to Fast Company, the first line is, "What if an NFT were somehow linked to something as old school as an actual physical product?" Talk to us how the NFT comes into the actual the card, the physical card, because I think that's the brilliance of it. So, so first off, I'm I'm Gen X. Um, I'm definitely more about physical assets than anything else. Um, that's part of, part of the reason why Infinite is more about trading cards than it is NFTs. Uh, but with that being said, 
um, NFTs. So what we're doing with the, the grid and it hasn't dropped. It was supposed to drop in October, but we just had some a little bit of, you know, we had some user experience. We thought, now we, we need to finalize this, make it better for the user. And uh, what we're doing is taking one of a kind game use items, right? Okay. So let's say, let's take an example, like what's your favorite team? I have a favorite player, Kobe. Okay, favorite player, Kobe. Okay, so Kobe, oh. let's let's imagine if we got his pair of shoes in the mm. last game, right? Incredible. Only only one person can own that piece, right? And what I what I also equate to collectibles, in, in whether it's an NFT or whether it's a, a pet rock or a comic book or or a video game, I always feel that the sense of nostalgia brings us very close to the collectible. Yeah. Right. There's two things. There's nostalgia and there's a community. When you have those two together, it, it's a powerful collectible. And in the NFT world, NFTs have been around for three, four years, let's say, right? Three, four years. There's not a lot of nostalgia. So there's more about the community and it's more about owning something for status too as well. Right. I own a CryptoPunks. I own a Board Eight Yacht Club. Um, you know, NFT. Those are like the big ones that everyone talks about. And yes, I understand. Like when Gary talks about it, like Gary V talks about, it, he said, "Hey, I get to show people my status." He's getting a call. Uh, I, I agree. And like I'm, I'm, when you talk about nostalgia, I remember where I was when I watched that Kobe sixty-point final game. Like I remember that to the T. I remember how I felt when I watched that game. That's the nostalgia, right? Like that emotional connection. Nostalgia well, alone is not enough. What did you say? I think it's nostalgia alone is not enough. Until you, the community is where, you know, also. But, I mean, look, I get nostalgic. I go to my basement and I see hundreds of Beanie Babies. It's actually pretty scary. I get nostalgia for that. You still like, have them? I have plenty of them. I get the big ones. I got the first series ones. Because I eventually think those will come back too. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everything comes back. It's just the way it works. While we're doing this, I'm going to go get my plug. But... You know, you go on eBay and you look at what Beanie Babies sell for, even some of the like first edition ones and that kind of stuff, they're still Ugats. And I think part of that is they there was a lot of them produced and stuff like that. And also, there's not exactly like a community of people on Instagram or wherever it is saying, hey, remember we did Beanie Babies back then? Let's let's rock and roll. Look at this status symbol. Let me let me change my my uh, my 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 avatar on Twitter and put uh, Humphrey the camel. You know, it's probably not going to happen, you know. Nostalgia is there, but that doesn't carry the day all the time. Carver, what you were saying? Yeah, sorry, a phone came in and interrupted us. Um, so, for for this as a, as a game use physical item that we're going to tokenize and create multiple NFTs. So on the platform, you can buy an NFT that's representative of part of that shoe. It could be, and we'll have it classified as oh, these are laces. This is the logo. This is a base. A uh, base version of, of the like the the regular regular leather or canvas or some of that or this is part of the sole, and there's going to be a different price on each one. It's random, and they get a piece of the uh, something that represents you know an NFT that a piece of the shoe itself. So here's here's the fun factor is that if you get to acquire we call it a a score. Uh, obviously, everything's scored at differently. But let's say if you get a score which probably represents 90% of all the NFTs out there, you have the right to own that actual physical item now. So you can just imagine that, you know, if that that shoe itself and based on all the NFTs is representative of a certain number and you buy everything, you own that shoe. That's yours. That's a one of a type item that you own. Now, 
That's the gamification. So what you, I do truly let's love say there's a about. Let's say there's a hundred different, you know, mints available, right? You, you right. come in, you buy a few at once, mm -hmm. and then eventually you come in and you buy, is it up to 90%? It's, it's, it's going to be based on a score. We have a collector score. And then once you hit the collector score, like this is the limit, then you own the actual item. And, and you can access it. Like you can have it shipped back to your home. Oh yeah. We can ship it to you. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Right. So, so the other, the other aspect of it is, is that uh, what I do love about this is that moment. So that moment when Kobe scored, I believe 60 points in his last game, it's an iconic moment for all Kobe collectors, for all Laker fans. Right. So, while nostalgia on collectibles because we used to collect it there's the nostalgia of music so that's why i love music and in, in, in trading cards because it's nostalgic of oh this is the song that i went on my first date you know or this is the song i danced with my wife or this is the song my first wedding song or when i danced with my daughter it, i remember the song that was on the radio the last time i got a speeding ticket well that's that's you cage you're different than everyone else so you really most alive living in a gangster's paradise coolio that was on the radio really yeah. listen to that song at boxing i play that like every single day during our warm that's Carmen, awesome. i don't know what it is about you yeah Some people have a punchable face i see your face i break into song i, and I love it i love it i love it. This episode. I, I love it i don't have a good singing voice well, then I better not get into boxing because then you'll you'll, you'll want to punch me. So, but but either way, like I mean, in 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 that moment of the sixty point game, you Kobe fans will know exactly what they're doing, what they ate, who they're with, um, and that's a nostalgic moment in your life. Well, when you own an F NFT of that shoe, now you're associated with that moment. So we're kind of bringing nostalgia into NFTs, and that's what I'm trying to communicate. That's that's awesome that you own something of that moment. Because realistically, whoever owns that shoe, there's only one owner. Now there could be potentially thousands of owners that associate with that moment and own an NFT of that shoe. So that's that's why I love the the access, the the whole nostalgia going into NFTs now. And it's a moment, it's a nostalgic moment of that GOAT moment of that what happened to that player versus nostalgia with like the collectibles. So, but this is what I'll say about NFTs as well. Like once again, I'm a physical type asset type guy right so i go back to the time when i start looking at pokemon cards now this is a physical asset but i was like oh this is a kids type property it's not gonna last right magic functionality you buy cards because they help build your decks and all that i get that there's value in, in those older extinct cards but the, the the fad's gonna die off well we know where those things are lying today right uh another fad that that i looked at not fad but a consumer product was when Amazon created the, what they called the Kindle. I don't know, you know, back in the day when the Kindle came out, it was just basically a newsprint on a digital board. Mm -hmm. I understood the practicality of it. Like people are buying comic books on there. Like comic books to me is a, is a collectible and they're buying comic books on the Kindle or they're buying, you know, the books. And I say, hey, but books have value. If I have a first printing of a Harry Potter, that's worth a lot of money. I get that having it on a tablet like saves the condition of the book. When you're working out on an elliptical or running on a treadmill trying to read, it's not really advised advised to do so. But if you're trying to read a book, you know you got the, well, the spine issues. If you're kind of all you know the pages fold back, but I still own a physical item. So I never understood the, despite the functionality and the practicality of the Kindle, I didn't believe in it. Well, the Kindle branched into like the Barnes and Noble Fire, then the iPad, and then Samsung tablet, all these tablets were all reinvigorated because of the Kindle. And you think about it, because before that, there was tablets or, um, yeah, there were Tom tablets. Pilots. 
Remember uh, Palm no, Pilots? No, no, not Palm Pilots. The notebooks. Remember that they used to have the detachable screen that you can take? This is before all the Kindle stuff. This happened beforehand. You had a, uh, a laptop, and you open it up, and you can detach the screen. I think uh, Toshiba came out with it first back in the day, like this 1990s. But no one actually bought that. That was the first adapter of, of what we call like the tablets now. That, no one bought that. And now after the Kindle, the second adapters of all these things became tablets. So you know now it's a big business now, all these tablets. So I'm, for one, is never against this, what we call disruptive technology. And this is, this NFT is really a disruptive collectible. And I'll tell you a story where when I was, when I was six years old or seven years old, and I started collecting hockey cards and, you know, putting them in boxes, not really protecting them. There was no top loaders back then in the seventies, but I would protect them. I say, Oh dad, this is a, a picture of Bobby Orr. Like he's a superstar. My dad, that that's junk. Why would you collect hockey cards? It's a sports. It's pictures of men. You know what you should collect? So this is my dad, right? Not, now, mind you, he's first-generation Chinese. Playboy so, magazines. Oh, Playboy, yeah, Playboy magazines is another one that you can say, right? Yeah, definitely. And my dad was like, he's first-generation Chinese in, in Canada, and he's going, what I collected was stamps, coins. And, and just, just the things that he said to me, stamps have a 400-year history. It's been around forever. Coins. They've been around for thousands of years. You can go to the ancient, you know, you know, BC coins we've been talking about, right? And 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 I was like, yeah, but that I don't care for coins and stamps. They're just pictures of like ancient people. I don't know who those you people know what's are. Funny you bring this up. I was in my basement the other day because I knew, you know, that I had like one of those like rubber made containers that I carried around with me my whole mm -hmm. life from high school to college to wherever it was, mm -hmm. it was my stuff. Right. And I found my my comic book collection as a run of the first twenty six Beavis and Butthead comics. Really, right. I, sh I think of what I should have been buying instead of that, right? Yeah. That was what I liked. And I found, I guess my parents bought for me when I was young, these mint sets of stamps. And they're in like right. white envelopes still. They're in perfect shape. You know, right. it's got like, you know, I don't know how many stamps can it. 1973, 74, 75, 76, all the way through like 78. There's like a run of like seven. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, have, these are like mint, uncirculated, beautiful things. They're in like the postal service envelope. It's got like like the receipt in it still. You know, imagine they would have bought me a video game instead. Yeah. Like I could sell it on golden auctions for a trillion dollars. But instead, <laughs> they buy stamps that are 50 years old, right? So I love it. Yeah. I call it eBay. They're selling for less now than what they were paying in the 70s. They're like nine dollars. Like what the hell is this? Like I, I think I would get more use out of mailing these things. You know, like, probably <laughs> you got forever stamps in there. So, but but here's but here's the thing. Like, so when we go to today and we t we hear the argument that shouldn't buy NFTs, are we not hearing the same argument that my dad had for me about stamps and coins? And I'm not saying that you know, to according to your story, that trading cards are going to go down. There, there's definitely where I still feel that a lot of people don't know about trading cards, and they still have a lot of opportunity for the future to keep completely climb. Um, obviously there's going to be ups and downs along the way. Right. But, but the, the way I look at trading cards is that, are we being old school and saying we don't accept NFTs? This is what I will say about collecting. I'll take it one step further, Carvin. You ready? Yeah. My story, what it means is in the seventies, you were the one collecting that people were not collecting. Exactly. And that's what made those cards in the seventies worth something. Right. When, when your dad, who's a first generation here says collect stamps. That's because everybody told them stamps are the thing to collect because people were right. collecting stamps in the 50s, the 60s, 70s. That's right. why there was a mint set 
for me to get. And the reason why it's worth $9 is because every parent probably bought it for every kid. And every yes. house had them. And there's a trillion of them out there. Whereas there are not many Bobby or cards in good shape. So That's right. bring that forward. I'm not saying guys, look, I know it's a card, card thing, but right now no one's collecting the NFTs. Everyone's collecting the cards. So right. that's the, that's the comparison you're trying to make, you know. I'm I'm just trying to say be open to all collectibles. That's all. We and and it comes down to it. Collecting is driven by, like I said, nostalgia already. It's collected by a certain. Um, it it affects our psyche in some way, and also emotion. Mm-hmm. Owning a collectible, like there's there's some crazy things that people don't do. They won't sell cards for millions of dollars, because they have millions of dollars. They only have one of something that they own and they truly love. And and if it goes down, oh, well, they're fine with it. If it goes up, oh, well, as well, that's part of the portfolio. They're not selling those cards. Like, I don't believe the guys that own the 52 Mantle 10s are ever going to sell them. I don't believe the, the guys, Matt Turner, that owns the 101 exquisite non-auto, non-patch 101 uh, black version is ever going to sell it. He's not going to sell his three logo mans, even if he's offered 30x what he paid, probably. So, so it comes down to it, you know, when you have diamond hands and you have that emotional attachment, you have the, the psychology behind collectibles, it applies to anything out there that's a collectible. It doesn't just apply for trading cards. It applies for stamps, coins. It applies for Barbies, uh, comic books, video games, and potentially NFTs. So, yes, do we, how do we know NFTs are going to be something of value in the future? We just don't know. Nope. Right. But... You know, if you if you have the ability to, to buy a few and put some away and say, you know what, I'll just leave it alone. Don't worry about you know buying it and selling it. That's that's an option. And when it does go up, then you feel great of knowing the market. So one thing that I will always say that even sometimes more importantly than money, the financial gain of cards is the fact that you knew it all along that this was going to be good, right? This is going to be good. Did you hear it? And 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 then when More it becomes the good, being able to say I knew it all along. That right, right. So that's your that's your core theory. I mean, we're going to chisel right. cages theories in stone. Being right, <laughs> we want to be right. It's the ego. I want to be right. I want to be right. So so let's say let's say obviously a lot of people know about my story about Immaculate, right? The reason why Immaculate is such an important name to me is not because the name itself. And it's not even because it's a tribute to Madonna that that's so important to me. It was when I was a DJ when I was 13 or 14 years old, and I bought my first EP and I bought an EP of Madonna and the, and the song was called Physical Attraction. I said, she is a New York underground star right now and she's going to be a superstar. So every time Madonna came out, like the first time she was on the, um, the, the videos, the music video show, the, the, the awards, right? I think he was, she was on and doing Like a Virgin. And then she started doing Like a Prayer and, and all these different albums. I was like, I knew it all along. She was going to be a superstar. I was like out there buying her first single out there. No one knew who she was. And it just, you feel like, you know, just redemption of knowing that, right? And knowing, you know, being a DJ that no one knew who I was a, as a DJ. No one even knew I had a hobby. But I love buying, like I bought U2 Wars EP, right? I bought all these EPs are iconic to all these groups that no one knew about. And as soon as everyone likes likes them, they become a pop sensation or a superstar. I actually don't. I start disliking them a little bit. I was like, "Hey, it's not my little secret anymore." It's the kind of the whole world knows about them, and let's let me find the next person now. That, that I don't I have wanna... too many regrets in life, Andrew. But I, if if I could change something, I'd like to be a little older and go back to Toronto, say late late uh, maybe early eighties, 
and check out a check out one of the one of the late night sessions of DJ Fast Car on the Wheels of Steel. <laughs> Wheels of Steel, two. man. You know who that was? That is that Carvin's DJ name? No, no, no. Fast no. Car. No, but but Wheels of Steel is a, is a famous song done by Grandmaster Flash, which yeah. is one of the most iconic DJs out there, um, singing with uh, Mel Mel. So Mel. Or yeah. Mel Mel, I love Mel Mel. That's that's one of the, that that's how far I go back. Run DMC, Mel Mel, not as far back as Rapper's Delight, uh, which is like one of the OG songs. You guys consider Andrew, Dre? You guys, you guys consider Dre a DJ? Like Doctor Dre? He's a producer. Well, DJs. There's there's two different types of DJs. There's DJs that spin vinyl. I think DJ right. Ski does that, and he goes to like he was at the Michigan game spinning vinyl, right? Uh, and usually those people have a really good DJ voice. I think Dre is more of a producer where he produces music inside the studio. So it's kind of interesting that you know when I when I first heard producer, I'm always thinking, oh, it's a person that produces the album and all that. But no, producer also means that people do beats too, right? And have you have you seen Defiant once, Carvin? On no, Netflix? I haven't. I haven't. No, it's, no. it's a must. It's a, yeah. As we're talking about entertainment and all this right. stuff, Defiant yeah. ones to me is is a must watch. If you guys don't know, it's a uh, it's a four part documentary on Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, yeah. and the history of yeah. music and how they came together and then how they started Beats by Dre. Uh, right. Really cool, really really cool, uh, well made documentary. Let me ask you something as we wrap up here. Have you faced pushback from the hobby? Right, the hobby is uh, quite an opinionated group of uh, men and women. Have you faced well, pushback on this project? Of course. I mean, you know, so one, th one thing for sure is, is everyone's like, oh, it's $100 per pack, right? It's $100 for a card. And at the same time, like, if I wanted to create a regular base card, many companies can do that. You have to understand that what I'm associated with is more of a premium look. And in today's world, $100 really for one pack is it's not, not – that big of a deal compared to everything you spend else. More, right? You spend more to fill up your, your car with gas at this point. Right, right. So in California, you guys, you, you guys, I'm not going to go into California. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue. Whenever yeah, you want to move on over here, Carvin, we'll, we'll it, welcome you with open arms. Oh, you're in Mexico, aren't you? you That's right. Come on over. Yeah, yeah. No, maybe one day. I don't know. My, my family will be all for that. Um, but uh, I, I'd love to. Uh, I love living somewhere else. But, but the one thing is that, you know, does does like you were talking about like creators right do you want to create something that's memorable something premium and something that when you look at it you go wow or do i just want to create a base card no foil nothing like that and and sell it for a lower srp my my whole point is like believe it or not like this box the box that i have right this box that's created that cost us 350. I could have bought like one of those, you know, U line, U line boxes and put it in and for fifty cents. But I decided to choose three fifty. Why? Because I want to bring the experience. The packaging is part of the experience, right? Do we really need to have that info card inside the box? No, we didn't. But I also want to add to the allure of the experience, right? Like when I want when I want collectors and sports cards, people, whether you're sports cards or music fans, I want you to carefully look at the box and say, "Wow, that's a." Or actually, I have a the box that's already folded. So the box itself is front, back, photos, four-color printing, right? Everyone, there's, there's manual labor folding it up, right? The the card itself, you know, there's there's love in every piece of this piece of work. And we didn't downgrade anything. We didn't go the, the lower denomination, that, that route. 
we want to provide the full experience. So that's why even on this, if you look at the top, it says, welcome to the infinite experience. It's an experience to open the pack. Yes, you can look at say it's only a one card pack for $100. But you look at the overall structure of the packaging, right? Like when you buy a pair of shoes, let's say a, a rare Jordan, or let's say even better, if your wife is into high-end shoes like Jimmy Choo's and, and um, Louboutins, the box is everything. Like it's it's funny when you th talk about like the boxes for like women, they'll, they'll subscribe to these um, subscriptions that come into like a pink box with makeup samples and all that. They get so excited. Like I see my wife get this pink box all in ribbon. They're like, oh my God, look at this box. <laughs> look at this. So that is what I want to portray in terms of like having the experience of really looking at like the box itself could be a collectible for the weekend, right? This box itself, um, this card itself could be collectible. Yes, there's thousands of them. Everyone has one, but remember, this is a limited run too. It's not like it's it's we're doing you know ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million cards. We're not. We're, it's a limited experience. So the cards, each card is in a, a one thirty point, right? It's thick. So that's the only thing that I would draw with exquisite is that it's the same thickness as exquisite cards, right? And, you know, today at 2021 versus 2003 and four, the price point is actually cheaper than one exquisite base card, yeah, right? A hundred. Forget about it. I opened the box of one and one yesterday with Ian. Two cards in it. And they're selling right. for over $1,000 for a two-card box. I got a, a Russell Westbrook base card and a Carl Anthony Towns at a 49. Right. Trust me, I, at $100, what are you getting? What are you getting right. in the card for $100? It sounds and, like it's nothing. The, the great thing is that Beckett, um, Ryan Cracknell of Beckett just wrote an article and just said the Infinite just dropped the weekend's rookie card. So this is his rookie card. First licensed card, his rookie card. So we all, I also look at the fact that, you know, what Jay-Z cards are going for, what, you know, that Kanye West with Taylor Swift, the Justin Bieber with Drake, what those cards are going for. Not only it's a rookie card, we're giving you an experience. And I want people really not to, like, like take this box, you know, take this box and open it up immediately and say, Oh, there's a card. That's what I got. You know, this, this is what I got. That's it. Right. I want you to really just take a breath, slowly understand what went into creation of the box and the, and the pack itself. And let's put it this way. Does Louis Vuitton, does all these luxury brands create brands that are, you know, a $50 handbag. You can buy a $40 handbag anytime. You walk into Louis Vuitton, you look, you take a look at the surroundings, you take a look at the experience, you walk in there, you walk out with that bag, the box that's in and everything. That's what people want. Forget the five, the five second rip and going straight to the cars. You want to have that experience. And this is what we want to bring to you is that the infinite experience is all about. Beautiful. Can't, I couldn't yeah. say it any better than that. The only thing I'm mad about here is Andrew didn't sing anything. We went through decades <laughs> of different types of music, different genres. I thought he might have jumped in with a like a virgin, maybe like a prayer. You know what? <laughs> give me, a couple, give me next next year. I'll take some nothing. Class. We're not gonna get anything. No singing. Well, every year I do like a new activity, a new hobby. So yeah. last year it was dancing. This year it's boxing. I think next year I'll learn how to sing. I don't want to. Maybe wanna lose fans. Maybe what we have to do is. Uh, well, well, we'll get the Infinite to sponsor a karaoke night and get That's everyone it. on stage. That's it. We get Andrew <laughs> on stage. Come on, how about a little Puff the Magic Dragon? Like you know that. Well, so why doesn't that. the weekend thing? Because that's kind of his profession and what he gets paid to do. And I'll, I'll hope because he'd be embarrassed if, if I went. He wouldn't want to follow this. <laughs> so guys, shop dot the weekend. You guys know how to spell the weekend. There's no e at the weekend. Yes. Dot com. Shop dot the weekend. 
www.ethereumcoinbase.com. Go there, check it out. You guys do end up uh, supporting and buying, which we, we hope you guys do. Put it on your story and tag us. Uh, we'll be yeah, picking a few random, you guys. Uh, we'll be doing some random giveaways. Uh, we'll be toasting your stuff. And, and maybe we'll send to people, you know, a few Lucas Tigers NFTs who ended up supporting this project. Because regardless of price point, all that stuff, like it's, it's a reasonable price point. It's a beautiful product. It's also a guy that comes from the hobby and has been a part of a hobby for a long time. And uh, I, I do believe, like the NBA talks about this, like the brotherhood of the NBA. I do think that we should be a bit more of a brotherhood, sisterhood of like supporting each other's initiatives if, if they come from a good place, of course. Uh, and I do genuinely feel that that's the case here. So I would love for you guys out there to support, support this project. Yeah, I mean, we're just like the, a small boutique manufacturer, right? But obviously we will take on all the feedback and you know we'll provide you know conversations with everyone we'll try to anyway so it gets you know more and more involved and you know, it'll be tougher for me but uh we also you know truly if if it wasn't for the the collectors out there in the last two years you know for the people reaching out to me and and you know for me to allow me to express you know, my my gratitude and everything this would never have happened so let's let's put it that way i mean if it wasn't for the the whole you know pandemic and we're all locked down and and people reaching out to me knowing who i was and then or knowing who i am and what i've done in the past um you know and i feel all the love from the collectors i really wanted to be able to have an opportunity to bring something back to the collectors too as well so so all this would never have happened had it not been what transpired in the last two years so all along i mean there, there's been a lot of collectors that you know we couldn't announce the, the subject we couldn't announce the cards we couldn't cards ahead of time and there's been many collectors that carbon I'm, I'm going to buy a pack i'm going to buy five packs some people bought 10 or 20 packs and and my heart there's a heartfelt thanks to those people not knowing even the subject to say no matter what you're working on we're supporting you so you know and that's not the whole idea i don't want you guys supporting me for who it is i will buy something that you'll enjoy have that experience and i believe that's something of value i wouldn't build something that think that oh yeah it's it's a it's a commodity card or whatever. I want to bring something special to people. So I think once you get these cards in hand and, you know, um, I think you'll be shocked at how nice this looks like this card to me screams just, and this one's numbered out of a hundred. So like this one here, just a foil, right? It's just a magnificent card. Right? I love it. Look like and that's the, that's like that. I, I believe that's the Michael Jackson tribute too. Right. So yep. I believe he's a, it, Michael Jackson was an influence on, able and that's the glove image right so it's cool yeah. Yeah. left the corners out <laughs> <laughs> love you luca nation we'll be back Thanks, tomorrow Carvin. love you carvin support everything you. you do man and i appreciate you hopping on the show again all right no problems anytime and uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk with you guys again chat i always love the banter this episode of lucas tigers and bronze was brought to you by hybrid grading approach Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, eh, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. 
If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.